All right, hello and welcome to Swing Smarter Monthly Newsletter. This is your host, Joey Myers, and on with me today, this is take number two. We tried to do this over the phone, but my app that I record phone calls was not working. I don't know if Jeremy Johnson has a metal plate in his head, kind of like in the movie with Clark Griswold and his brother, every time he walks by a microwave going off, he kind of stops and you wonder what's going on with him and then he snaps back into life. So I don't know what's going on with Jeremy, but my app didn't work. It worked earlier with Dr. Joe from Rotex Motion, um, but then it didn't work after anything after Jeremy. So Jeremy is, for those of you that don't know Jeremy, Jeremy and I have been friends for a while. He's very well researched in hitting instruction. He's sometimes I'll go to him if there's somebody that is talking on Twitter or whatnot, and I kind of want to get a the down dirty with them with their teaching, how they're teaching it. Jeremy typically knows what's going on. He is, I would call him a mad scientist. He likes to do all the research and go into not only the hitting side, but also into human movement and going down the different rabbit holes that I've gone down, like functional muscle screen and Rotex. And we'll probably talk about a few others on this call. But I wanted to welcome you, Jeremy, on onto this call. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy this hitting conversation. Same here, Joey. I'm glad to be here, my man. Well, hey, one of the things that came up in our take one was we were talking about pushing the hands versus getting the hands connected. What currently, uh, maybe you can compare it to what you're doing now to help hitters get more connected uh, versus which, what was done in the past. Any, any kind of comparison there? What, what has helped now versus didn't really help in the past that you've tried? Um, you know, I think that having the proper anchor points to the body, understanding the mobility and stability model and how to keep certain things still. And, uh, there's, there's rules to the body. Um, you know, I, I thought about our take one and, uh, just to be clear, I think some people like we talked about are trying to get the hands moving out to create the bat path, uh, out kind of in front of the body without letting the body speed the hands up and really be connected. And then, but also on the other other side of that, there's a disconnection on the backside where there's this whole like turning your body and everything gets drugged from behind. Um, so I'm glad we, I'm glad we got to take two to talk about that. Those are both real problems, and with proper um, pressure and loading and in the right spots, you, you really create a slingshot effect that allows for um, proper explosive. Uh, let's call it quick hands, right? Everyone wants quick hands. So it allows for that explosion and also for adjustability if uh, we need to adjust from there too. Yeah, think about this. So we, we kind of at the end of the take one, we were talking about the different cues and how they all work. So you can use the swing down, get on top, knob to the ball, you yep. can use those cues, but in certain scenarios. So taking it and connecting the dots to what you just said. So if you got a hitter that is very handsy, that is very hand, hand first versus a hitter that goes first and then their hands kind of lag behind in a bad way, not in a good way. Right. What about using a linear hand path for that hitter that goes into more of a racing back elbow where that elbow races past the elbow? I wonder no. would that mm -hmm. work or a hitter, take a hitter who is very handsy and get them more into that kind of supination thing where we're, we're dropping the barrel in the zone early. So it's almost like you're applying a prescription almost the weakness of one to become a strength of the other. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I, I still think that the guiding light is the movement principles. Mm -hmm. So having the um, understanding of why the arms got caught behind the body or why the uh, hands were moving out towards uh, in a more of a pushing action. Um, and then, to be honest, I, I think people that these kids love and they trust told them things. And that's where the lesson starts. That's where the relationship starts is listening to where is this coming from? What is your belief? And it really opens up the language and, and understanding of where to move from, from that situation, how to move forward. Yeah, I agree. And we had a little bit of a conversation. It was kind of interesting, which I would love for you to talk about that case study again, where you had, I can't remember the, the place you went again, I started with the G, the training. Goto. Goto. G-O-T-A, uh, right? G-O-A-T-A. -A. So greatest of all time athletes. Yeah. I actually set up a meeting on Monday with those guys with, uh, there's four different uh, people that are involved in that. I've got the investor and one of the trainers and I'm going down, man. And I, I'm going to speak to those guys about how to create a network in Louisiana and in the region and keep moving even outside uh, all over to, they just identified some movement patterns that I'm very interested in. And how do we then take that into baseball and softball? That's, that's, I guess, that's my journey. That's where I'm at. So talk a little bit about that case study about, I don't know if it was two hitters or one hitter where you had them throw in, you had velocity and you had exit velocity using the GOTA method of mm -hmm. methodology. Yeah. So I don't know. I think not necessarily GOTA, but GOTA has the identified movement patterns that I definitely agree with. Uh, one of those, and, and, and we didn't really talk about this, but they talk about loading the bow, which is more of, uh what you see for like riding the horse i believe that's what a uh, wallenbrock calls it uh, more of like engaging the posterior and getting uh how the bat how you torque set up torque and torsion between the leg and the hip and then getting that to snap more into a, a internal rotation so this tug of war between the external internal rotation of the the uh the trail hip you know you hear a lot of people talking about load your hip, but really that whole unit and how it works and how um, energy and things are reacting against each other creates an explosion, and they, they call it loading the bow. Um, so we had a kid come in, and I think this is what you're talking about, uh, where he was able to increase seven or eight miles per hour of exit velocity. All of his launch angles really cleaned up. His path got better, and we used Rotex and uh, ropes, a rope system and pipe system for basically an overload, underload training called Mach 3. And he, he, he was able to make these changes the first session he, he's ever had with me. And it, he wasn't the first person, but we went through this 30, 40 minute process, came back, all these numbers changed. And then the kid that's throwing the ball starts talking to him and disrupts everything. And I found it uh, so interesting that I just sat back and watched. You know, I used to be that guy in the cage, throwing the ball, giving the cue every pitch. And it's like, that's not how, that's not the way to teach the kid to be, to learn the movements. You know, presenting the movements and 
giving them the ownership to make adjustments, that's what training is to me. Not just telling them the answer every time. Seeing if they can self-organize and correct. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is if you look at the Mike Trouts, the, the best in the game, is they tend to do that on their own where they self-correct on their own. And that is probably, that should be the first principle reasoning. The hitter should be doing that. And I've always been a proponent of coaches sitting back and, and giving less feedback. I think it was in the book, Talent Code, They he talked about or interviewed the guy. He was he was the one that took a lot of the skateboarders, took them, uh, converted them from surfers into into the uh, pipe, the um, skate the vert, the yeah, and and the, they were in the swimming pools, right? Yeah, the swimming pools. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear his take on how he taught them, and it was he sat on the edge of the pool, watched them go, and every I don't even know if there was an actual intermittent where he would say something, but it would be something almost like, there you go. And then they'd be doing stuff and it'd be like a couple minutes later, you got it. <laughs> something, you know, he was, and yeah. if he did a, a correction, it was a, almost a two, three word thing. Yes. It was, it was yes. reached for it. It was, you know, and it's funny if you look at John Wooden, same stuff. Like he was the same way if you got him on the, on the court, basketball when he was coaching his way of coaching was very similar it was yeah. very short very wasn't very long drawn out just short go go get it reach for it whatever uh talent code talked about that uh daniel coyle talked about the instructor being whispers of talent <clears throat> and that's what that is having those little phrases you know there's quite a quite a few things that create talent but Definitely the – we don't want them to write an essay on this. We want them to move better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like every kid you talk to, like, uh, they start telling you this long story of what hitting is, and I don't, I don't think that's it. It's, you set the first domino upright, and you, you get the loading movement pattern right, I, I think it's going to explode. That's right. where the work is. You're right. chasing your tail if you're downstream chasing the problem. Yep, I agree. And, and, and there's a lot of – some of the subjects are a little bit new, whether they're in the last five to 10 years. And some may in the beginning require a little bit of, of explanation, but your explanation should get shorter, shouldn't get longer, right? So the first yeah. time that you teach a movement or whatnot, or what you want them to do, that should be the longest ever that you would have to explain. Yeah. And, and long isn't long, long could be maybe a minute or, or so that you're explaining, but then it should get shorter, shorter, shorter. until eventually you have that one second, yeah. two second or three second phrase that you can throw out and they're, and they've already attached and associated the explanation of what they're supposed to look like or feel right. or whatever that now is boiled down to one, two, three words that you can just say it. Got it. Yeah. I think a, a great analogy be, would be like a bandwidth, right? Yeah. So if you've hit with enough hitters or done this long enough, you're going to, you, you realize there's, there's this spectrum of movement, right? So if I'm way over here or I'm way over here, I need to get them into the more narrow bandwidth of, um, of, of the movement pattern. And, and the best just don't fall far from their consistent bandwidth. They're not way over here, then way over here. They're able to repeat the, the process and the, and the, you know, I, I really think it's the loading pattern. <clears throat> Better than most. 
Yeah. So you mentioned a few out there, a lot of people that are going to be watching this, listening to this or reading this because we'll have in transcription, yep. will be interested in a lot of the other rabbit holes you've been through. So you mentioned Mach 3, and they're yep. mostly in golf. And they, they have, I think them and Dr. Joe Lacaz and Rotex, I think mm -hmm. they've gotten pretty snugly, very similar approaches. You, you talked about um, GOTA. Yep. Any uh, FMS, although FMS, Weck, I, think, I think I think Weck has some good yeah. uh, ideas. He has a ton of content. David Weck uh, yeah. with the ropes and the RMC clubs and the Bosu. I mean, that's a uh, it's all movement based and trying to once you understand those concepts, you can apply it to baseball, softball, golf, any rotary sport. What would you say to the coach that? maybe not even coach, maybe a parent or possibly instructor just starting out, which one of those would you say would be the highest priority to go look into? Because, I mean, you could spread yourself thin and go out to all of them, although most of them have an interweaving. They're pretty close to each other, and there's some overlap in there. Which, which one of those would you say to strike first? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I think we forgot on-base university also. TPI? I think those guys – yeah, TPI with uh, Dr. Greg Rose and th that group of guys. Um, you know, on that panel with baseball, I believe, is like um, Don Slott. Um, they, I, for me, I think that's what's coming. I could be completely wrong. They seem the most professional, which, by the way, I think our profession needs. We need professionalism. We need some standards. We need science. And they seem to want to attack that. Uh, I think that's where, honestly, where where a lot of this is. Uh, I think they feel the responsibility to do a better job and give us some certifications that actually matter. Um, but man, honestly, in my journey, you were a huge part of that. For you to mention fascia, what like three years ago to me? Yeah. I'm just now seeing people talk about that or the spinal engine, uh, Doctor uh, Serge uh, Grekovetsky. Mm -hmm. um, man, that like. What's interesting is as I would learn this baseball jargon and coiling and, uh, you know, just all these different terms, it would be nice to know what fascia is, what the spinal engine is. I think those are the foundations to a lot of this. Stuff starts to make sense when you watch the movement patterns and you see how the head's being steel and you learn the, the rules of engagement of the lumbar of the thoracic, of the cervical, of how where the hips even are. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it's interesting, or uh, I don't know. I there's there's rules that I have that I still I have uh, some theories on, so I use those in my training. They may not be right, but I think we want to anchor the head and anchor the thoracolumbar, mm -hmm. uh, and and those create. You can't turn everything back and turn everything forward. It doesn't work. So um, I think those rules is, are, are, are what we're after. So I guess that answers the question that, you know, about fascia and the spine. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree with you. And all those other sources are great. And they all have, I, from my understanding, I haven't looked into most of them thoroughly. I know Weck. I know him. He's a big spinal engine, springy fascia guy. I know Joe and, and who he's studied yes. and talked to and all, I know him and 
So the other ones I'm sure are pretty close. If Joe's talking about them, you're talking about them. But what's interesting when you start digging into hitting instruction, you start getting into the specifics of what people teach. You can almost, once you understand locomotion, that's all we're talking about. Yeah. Religion is yeah. locomotion. It's walking mechanics. We've all yeah. walked from age year one all the way on. So we all know what that looks like and how the right arm and the left leg come forward at the same time. So, you know, you have shoulders that are doing opposite of the pelvis. That's how you get that motion. You don't walk with the right with arm. Reciprocal and, movement, right? Like, isn't that, uh, that's how I understand that reciprocal movement. Reciprocal movement. And if you understand reciprocal movement, you ha then you have to look at it from a sideways perspective as a hitter or a pitcher who are going to end up going sideways. Yeah. Pitcher in the, in the windup is going to start with their chest facing the, the hitter, but they're going to turn sideways at some point and then they got to be able to go. So you look at locomotion from now we change it from a front to back, like a running or a walking to a sideways move. Yep. People, you have to be able to apply that. And then once you, once you got the principles, now you can look at something hitting instruction that deviates from that whether the focus is the barrel snapping, right? The barrel moves the body, not the body moves the barrel, so <laughs> I believe. Uh, you right. Know, huh? Yeah, that's the don't rotate crowd. Like, don't yeah. rotate. Don't ro If I hear you ro talking about rotation in the cage, I'm going to kick you out. Get out of the cage. Get out of the cage. <laughs> and if you, talk, if you look, all the guys that we mentioned, the guys in the groups that we mentioned, there's rotation. I think Joe on the call, we talked interview he was I asked him is there really any motion that we do that doesn't involve some sort of rotation and rotation isn't just the shoulders and just the hips I mean rotation is taking the hand right. from the neutral position and rotating it that's rotation right so in the I, joint right and keep the hand in place and I can rotate the elbow and create torque in the shoulder uh, Joe talked about I think six or eight different ways the shoulder can rotate the hips the same yep. pretty much so there's really no no movement, almost no movement that we can do that's not rotation. So to say, don't rotate in the cage. If you if you rotate, get out of the cage. You that's a, that's a very ignorant comment to make because. And again, maybe, maybe they're thinking in terms of a hitter that's over rotating, which hitters can over rotate. Or rotating so, in the wrong plane. I think the plane of rotation is what we're after. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, it is tough, man, to create a. Uh, understanding of what that could work for some people you say don't rotate and now the direction gets a whole lot better again that's that swing down swing up and yep. you know you just understanding the bandwidth of where the information is and where the kid ends up on the spectrum of that that could work for some people yeah yeah and I always explain it I take three different examples so in hitting we have if you're on a baseball softball field you got 90 degrees of fair territory to work with if we're talking about golf, if we just have to hit it into one line, the, the best way to win at golf is the least amount of strokes possible to get the ball in one line, in one direction. And, of course, you got to deal right. with wind and all this different stuff. So I say that you've got one degree of fair territory in golf, and you have 359 degrees of foul territory, right? So you want to yep. get it straight there. In bowling, you have, I think it's a three-foot or three-and-a-half-foot lane of fair territory, Outside of that, you got the gutter, you got other lanes, you got foul territory, right? So if you look at you look at golfers, golfers do a good job of under rotating their pelvis, especially at a higher level, because if you over rotate at the pelvis, they're going to be hooking balls and all kinds of stuff. In bowling, you watch the PBA, 
Professional Bowlers Association. Every single one of those bowlers does a sit back. Does a sit back. Yeah, yep. because it's a that foot becomes an anchor for the hip. The hip can't rotate. Try and scissor like a bowler, and then try and rotate your pelvis as a righty. Try and rotate it counterclockwise. You can't do it because it's all bat, batting down. But in hitting, for whatever reason, you got a lot of people out there that are explode the hips, explode the rotate, 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 and then you get these hitters. I got a the online lesson I was telling you about before this. The, she's eleven year old softball. I think they're out kind of out out your way. And that's what we're working on with her. We're working on a shifting foot pressure and trying to get her to under rotate her lower half. And she's doing better. Mm-hmm. She's like four out of six, I think, swings that she sent. Just how to pass that energy off to the upper body instead of continuing to turn and drag the upper body through. Yeah, I get it. Perfect. Perfect analogy. You're passing it off. It's like a relay. Yeah, right relay. And you're right. passing the baton. The hips get to a certain point. They pass the baton to the shoulders and the shoulders get to a point and then they pass it on to the hands. And then to the barrel. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, great analogy. Um, okay. So I want to be respectful of your time. You got, you got your uh, kiddo over there next to you. She's probably done with her ice cream now. Uh, so where else <laughs> we'll find you? <laughs> well, where can you find me? Uh, I'm, I'm on uh, Twitter at uh, Jeremy NLA. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my facility is named Next Level Academy. You can find me there. And that presence is going to get stronger and stronger as we continue to create content to, to share with everyone. And where, where in Louisiana are you? I'm in Pineville, Louisiana, which is in the middle of the state. Okay. Yeah, because some people probably want to know that. I know I get a lot of questions from people, hey, who else out there is teaching what you teach and things like that. So that's yep. always a good good thing yep. for people out there. And I know uh, Sean Accardo. And uh, yeah. um, so we've been working pretty well. And I guess you guys yep. just camp and stuff and so uh tyler's been pretty he was pretty busy for like a week just hitting it yeah hard. yeah it's pretty interesting tyler got cut twice man at 11 years old he had already been told you're not good enough twice on his little uh elementary team and and and, and and uh that's the reality so the reality is he got to he's lucky really i say that all the time when we get kids like him he he loves the sport and he got told he wasn't good enough so Usually that happens on the back end of your career, and you're done. He got it to happen, and it wakes him up. So he's got a second life. Most guys don't have that opportunity. Right. Yeah, you're totally right. I remember having guys. I was pretty good younger, and then I fell into a slump for about four years while I was reading everything about hitting, and it <laughs> screwed me up, right? And then right. We had, I had buddies that ended up playing D2, D3 in college that they were okay in Little League, and they sat and – they sat the bench for a little bit, and they, but then they kind of blossomed a little bit in high school and ended up playing college ball. And just like with Tyler, my buddy was told that early, and it lit a fire under his butt. And for me, I wasn't told that until college. And I'm here. Yeah, and you, you know, you get away. It's almost like you get away with it for a while, and then you got to deal with it in college when you got everybody there is getting to the field early, and everybody there is staying longer. And so how do you differentiate yourself when everybody else is working just as hard as you are? And that's where all this stuff we just talked about today comes in or the, the resources yep. of David Wack and Rotex Motion and uh, yep. Engine, all that kind of stuff. So, hey, I appreciate your time, brother. This time yep. it's recorded and it is on. Yes. <laughs> and we got hey, a video. Hey, also, hey, so. Yeah, it's awesome. But, hey, real quick, just uh, Eugene Bleeker, absolutely solid yep. dude, put out uh, – 
I'm honestly some of the best content I've seen with he did pitching and hitting. I don't know anyone that's done that yet. And he all he based it all off science and he's done a lot of research. And then also Matt Pierce yeah. has been a huge part of uh, uh of the journey for me. And then I gotta give a shout out where I started with Jeff Edwards, who's a scout with the Rockies. Yeah. Jeff has been behind the scenes for a long time, really solid guy. And uh hey man, I'm gonna shoot out my boy Teacher Man because uh, he gave me a perspective, and I think he's got a lot right. There's some things I don't agree with, but uh, he's a really good person too, and um, that's, that's that's part of my journey. So, no, I, really, I appreciate you, man. I really do, and uh, I hope to do this again soon. I got a lot of other things we could talk about, but we got part twos and threes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hey, th me up. thanks for your time again, and keep up the great work out there, and we'll uh, – We'll keep in touch. Thanks, man. All right, Jerry. All right, bye. Bye.